Hi everyone and welcome to the Parma Podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. It's really great to be with you all. And uh, yeah, great to have you all back again with us. And, uh, and today I have a new guest uh, with us, which I'm always excited to have new guests on the show. And uh, it's always fun getting to meet new people. Um, today uh, I'm delighted to welcome uh, Justin and Chella to the show. Uh, they are a, uh, a writer um, and they do a lot of advocacy for um, ace people and demisexuals and uh, we're going to talk a bit about it today. So welcome to the show, Justin. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. It's a real honor. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, yeah it's great to have you here. You had, you and, um, we have, we have a, few, a couple of mutual friends as well. Mm. Um, Elle Rose, who's been on this show, many of you will know. Um, there we, we both know them and uh i rec- recommended you highly and uh, so i'm excited to to talk to you so um so yeah tell us a little bit about just to kind of just introduce yourself like briefly about who you are and what you do yeah uh <coughs> sorry my sinuses are acting up um yeah so where what i am right now is i am a a writer uh, I currently am in the middle of writing a series of posts on my medium, which is basically looking at the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck from an ace, racialized, and disabled perspective. Um, and I'm, and that's because I'm a second generation Filipino Canadian immigrant, and I, and I, and I stutter. Um, so that's that. That's kind of my, that part of me. And yeah, I d- identify as, um, well, I have, I have a bit of a, I, I have a lot of words to say about labels and micro labels and things like that. But yeah, I'm, I, I, um, I, I, the general term is biromantic demisexual. So I'm also on the bi, on the bi spectrum and I'm on, I, and, and I'm on the ace spectrum as well. And yeah, I'm, I, I, mainly focus on my writing. Uh, I'm also a tarot, a tarot reader as well. And that's kind of where the, the confluence of those two spheres um, came together. I'm working on several, on several essays that I'm working on getting published in various, liter- various literary journals. And I'm working on two projects, actually. Uh, the first project is a kind of a, um, a further development of my blog series on my Medium page. Uh, so I'm basically turning that series of blog posts into a full book on asexuality and the tarot. And as well, I'm also working on a book of essays, uh, creative nonfiction, hybrid experimental essays, uh, that kind of look at the general theme of that book will be, or at least what I hope to be is, is liminality because I've, I've come to see a lot my, experience of, of, of disability of race and culture and of sexuality and queerness as being very much in a, in a, in a series of liminal spaces um, where really neither in, I mean, neither one clear binary category or the other, but it's, it's kind of a strange sort of like in between space. Um, yeah. That that's, that's kind of me in a, in a, in a nutshell, and I think anything else that, that I've missed will probably come out over the course of our conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, and thank you for sharing all of that. And 
and being so vulnerable too. And uh, yeah, we're going to explore a few of those things tonight as well. Um, there's so many things, there's so many areas we could we could cover. And I think, like as you say there, they kind of all bisect each other in some ways. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it is interesting that you talk about liminality because yeah, because there's like such a crossover between disability and race and um, you know asexuality and like you know obviously there's prejudice against all three of those little of those groups um, and they kind of bisect and also finding that liminal space you're right is must be challenging yeah I mean um, I guess let me I guess if I were to talk about about being ace so part of my journey to be a, uh, of, of finding asexuality and finding my queerness on the, on the a, 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 asexual spectrum was um, for the longest time, I didn't think asexuality was something that I could claim something that I could identify with. I, I had a very close friend who I've known since, since childhood and they were ace. They came out to me and they, they talked to me at length about their experiences, how they saw the world, how they saw their relationships how they saw themselves and themselves and, and and others sexually, and I thought, wow, a lot of this really resonates with how I experience um, the world, how I see the world, how I experience relationships, attractions, what my thoughts are towards sexuality. But um, not all of it really resonated with me. Not all of it fully described how I felt. And so I really thought for a long time that uh, it just, just, I mean, it just wasn't something, it wasn't a place, there was no place for me. And then when I came to learn much later that, that there is a spectrum and that it's not just the binary of asexual and allosexual, um, that there is this whole gradient, this whole range of possibilities um, then I think then so much opened up to me and, and, you know, this is kind of where, where the, the theme of, 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 of liminality kind of comes in because uh, on, um, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how much uh, I'm, I'm guessing L has, has talked about, about this, has talked about this at length with you, but the way that I see it is that between allosexuality and, and uh, asexuality in, 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 the stri- in, in the strictest sense um, is gray sexuality, which is everything in between. And you could have folks who are kind of, I don't know, like 90% asexual. Maybe they've never had sexual attraction to anyone in their lives, but they have one person or one instance where they actually felt something towards someone. And then you have people who, where their sexuality, their their attractions, and their asexuality is a lot more messier. It's a lot more. Uh, it's not something that that it's something that, that 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 simply refuses to be put into the strict binary of one and zero of asexual and not asexual. And um, thankfully, I, thankfully, I wasn't around for this. But I think it was like the mid 2010s when, like, on Tumblr and on Avon. There were like a, there was this whole like discourse about like are we really asexual? Um, do we really belong in the community? And I think I feel like we we've moved past that, so that's great. But there is still that kind of like 
level of imposter syndrome where I'm in an asexual space, I'm in an asexual community, and I think, oh, you know, do I really belong here? I mean, you know, I have had sex. I am sexually active. I, 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 I have had relationships. I, I, I have had sexual attractions to people. But it's so far outside of the traditional... Um, of the, tra- 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 of the, of the traditional um, monosexual, compulsory heterosexual, uh, uh, cis-heteronormative um, sphere, that, that bubble, that really asexuality is what most resonates with that. It, 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 it's, it's, what, it's what best describes it. And then I also feel like the whole ace community as a whole is in this kind of, isn't is something of a liminal space because for a lot of people who don't understand or don't know or aren't familiar with it, there is an ongoing discourse about like whether or not ace people are, whether they belong in the queer community, whether they are LGBTQ to IA plus um, because of this constant association between uh, that people have with being queer, with being LGBTQ plus and being sexually active and being sexual. It's an ongoing trope where people who are, who are gay, who are bi, um, who are non-binary, who are trans or whoever are perceived to be, sexually hyperactive um which is not true at all um within within the bi community within the lesbian and the gay community you'll find many many people who who express their attraction in ways that don't center sex or sexual attraction so there's that kind of liminal space there and i'm also you know as someone who also uh, has a bi plus identity. There is that additional layer of you know bi people often not being seen as 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 <laughs> sorry as as queer at all. Uh, I, my my partner is a bi woman. I'm a bi man, and yet to you know Joe Bigot out there, you know we look like a common ordinary heterosexual couple. Um, so that issue of there. I mean, yeah. I have yeah. I mean, I have something similar. My my partner is uh, is a de- is demisexual as well, mm-hmm. uh, and and yet we present like a you know she's a white she's a, a white woman and I'm a white man. <laughs> so we present like a like a like a normal hetero normative couple, but we're not. Uh, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Like so, I I resonate with that a lot and. Um, yeah, like like you say, there's a lot of, and I've, I've, I've talked about on this podcast with other people as well about how there's so much ace phobia even within parts of the LGBTQ community as well, and you know and how how painful that can be, how damaging that can be. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, that's really really interesting. So, I mean, one of the things you talk about um, a lot, you've talked about in your introduction was was tarot. Um, Tara is something we talked about on this. I've talked about on this podcast a lot with with a few people mm-hmm. that I've I've explored in my own kind of spiritual journey as well. So, how did kind of tarot come into your life, and um, and how does it interact with your, you know, with your sexual identity in terms of you know being 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 on the ace spectrum? Yeah, um, yeah. So basically, what happened was several years ago, I I, I went through 
kind of a I don't know. I mean, it, it almost seems cliche, right? You have your, your your dark night of the soul kind of moment. You have that moment where just everything that you've you've taken for granted falls apart, and uh, you know you've lost so much in terms of someone you care about, in terms of you know like your your support structures, your relationships, and you're kind of left like trying to pick up the pieces and, and figure things out and then try to put, put yourself back together. And that's kind of what I went through. I, I, I was in a relationship for eight years and it was, uh, it, it ended, it, it, it ended in a, in a really bad way. And that was my fault. There were a lot of conversations that should have happened that, that didn't happen. Um, and that's on me. And then I, I jumped into another relationship and that also ended really, really poorly. <laughs> And it was all because I was trying to find, I was trying to find something. And I, I, well, at the time, what I thought that I needed was sexual connection, was sex in the relationship. But what I later realized I really needed was actually connection. The, the genuineness and the honesty of having a real connection with with someone, whether it be romantic or like non-romantic, queer platonic, whatever, just that connection with someone, something powerful, something intimate, something vulnerable. And um, in the midst of all that, I, 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 I come from a Catholic background. And for me, growing up Catholic really left me with a lot of baggage uh, rooted in Something rooted in, in in purity culture, which I'm sure that your American listeners will will totally uh, 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 empathize with. Um, that this whole idea of like, you know, this this is how you are supposed to be in terms of a sexual being and a moral being, and amidst of all amidst all of those things, all like the relationships falling apart and me questioning my my sexuality that just got tossed out the window and that having been a very defining part of my life for so long, I needed a new way to understand. I needed a new framework. I needed a new system. I needed a new, um, just a new, a new, a new paradigm, a new way to see myself and understand myself and process what I was feeling and what I was doing and my motivations and it really all started with, uh, with um, some friends of friends, some friends of my asexual friend who I, who I talked about earlier. And it was really, it was really quite fascin- fascinating because they were kind of like, um, they, were in, they were in themselves kind of a liminal space, I would argue. Like they were sort of like not really Christian, kind of mystical Christian, but also like folk witchy and also like occult and kind of like, Kind of, kind of a a a a synthesis of all of all of those disparate elements kind of all brought brought together. And so, like one day we'd be praying the rosary at a at a graveyard, and you know, going to talk, uh, going to a uh, 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 an an Anglican cathedral and praying there. And then the next we would be like 
doing tarot and doing various rituals and such. And yeah, um, it was through them that I started to be introduced to the tarot. And it was scary at first. It was mysterious. You know, what, is, what does the devil mean? Like, oh, that, that seems like a really bad card. And, and the hanged man, and the ten of swords, like, oh, those all seemed, those all evoked a really kind of rich feeling of dread and, and fear. And, but just something latched onto my brain where I just wanted to know more about these symbols. I wanted to know more about what they meant, about what they meant for me and what, what they said about me. And that kind of started that, that journey where I basically, I borrowed a copy of uh, Eden Gray's uh, Mastering the Tarot, I believe, p- published way back in the 70s. And I just would go to cafes and just draw cards and just journal about them and read my book and, and, and do notes and just do that like day after day after day. And in the middle of all of that was that was the parallel process of me figuring out like, oh, I, I have the capacity to be sexually attracted to men, to mask, uh, to mask presenting people. But it's not... A sexual attraction in the conventional way it's it's sexual attraction through this sort of ace asexual kind of other framework other experience and then i was learning about the asexual the, the asexual, asexual spectrum i was reading articles i found on google searches i was doing tons of like like online quizzes like those buzzfeed quizzes <laughs> things like that. Um, so it was like three parallel lines, three parallel journeys of a, a journeys, all kind of merging and melding t- 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 uh, together. In that, as I was exploring my myself as a bi person, I was exploring myself as an ace person, and I was exploring m- m- myself in the tarot as well. And so I think. Um, all those three things just kind of came together. And it's, it's left me thinking about how, how useful tarot could be to other ace people, to other bi or queer people seeking to understand themselves better, going through what I'm going, uh, what I went through, what I'm still kind of going through now in a way, trying to undergo this quest of, of seeking to understand themselves more, seeking to, uh, seeking a better sense of, of loving and understanding and having grace for themselves. Um, and so what, 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 I, what I find really great about tarot is that I'm always learning something new. I'm always, there's always a new surprise. There's always a new insight, a, a new twist that, that comes out. And I find the same holds true for my own experience with, 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 with asexuality. I'm always learning something new by encountering other people and learning uh, their uh, um, their stories. Um, I, you know, I the, the last two years, especially when I got into when I really became involved on, on, on Ace Twitter, it wasn't just getting involved with the community of Ace people, but but the community of people who were were Ace and 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 and. and and bi or ace and trans or ace and 
disabled or ace and bipoc uh, or ace and neurodivergent and learning about how intersectionality uh, is such an important part of our of our of our of our community and our experience mm. yeah and it's really interesting that a lot of the people i know who are practitioners um of tarot are um uh, either on the a spectrum or lgbtqi or um yeah. you know and it's, it's a very interesting um dynamic and i've certainly found a lot of a lot of guidance and a lot of reassurance um, on my journey through through that. Um, yeah, um, and I think it, yeah, it's yeah. You know, given my background, I came from you know I came from the church ultimately originally the Christian you know, the Christian church the Methodist church. So I never thought I'd be uh, even remotely interested in in uh, in tarot, and I got warned off it, and you know I got all the kind of yeah. I had, yeah. people, I had somebody tell me they they didn't want to. Um, I think I remember somebody didn't want to date me because I because I was into tarot. I think. Oh like, wow! Really? Yeah. I mean, this is like years ago. Like I can't remember four or five years ago at least. Um, and um, yeah, I know it's ridiculous, but like because it was heretical and you know all that kind of, thing. <laughs> um, all the kind of nonsense. Um, but I, I, yeah, I. Oh, I, I I, I I did want to say that that there was a time where uh, early in my in my time at the tarot where I was obsessed with finding a Christian tarot deck, and I went I, I did research on, on on the internet because I I still needed and uh, I I really needed at that time a bridge between a lot of the things that I really enjoyed and loved and valued about about being Catholic and that experience, and this new nebulous kind of occult. Wiccan, witchy, whatever world out there, and it was funny because I looked at all these decks. I looked at uh, I looked at, at at the Connolly Tarot, the Tarot of the Saints, uh, the Tarot of the Cloisters. I looked at the Golden Tarot of the Czar. These are all decks that have some level of Christian reference or are aimed at people coming out of Christian communities who wanted a more kind of gentle sort of like uh, uh, experience. And the thing was, I realized the most Christian tarot deck is actually the original RWS. Actually, the original Rider Wade Smith deck published in the UK in, 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 in 1909. And it made sense to me because um, uh, uh, the Order of the Golden Dawn, at least it, 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 it well, actually, I wouldn't want to go, maybe not, not there, but like, um, there's so much Christian imagery in the RWS, like the Ace of Cups. Like you look at it, and it's like, oh, boom! That that's a that that's a Eucharistic cup. Like that's the the cup uh, with the Eucharist, right? And you look at the five of uh, the five of Wands, and immediately I think, oh, that's when Jesus says, "Do you think I be, uh, do you think I, I I came to bring peace? But no, uh, I." came to bring a sword. I, I came to bring division three against two and two, two against three. I mean, there are all kinds of like biblical phrases you can weave into and reference in the deck. And I think it says a lot when, um, uh, I mean, hopefully the historians in the audience aren't going to totally like castigate me, but I remember that I think, uh, Arthur, Arthur Edward Waite and Pamela Coleman Smith had Christian backgrounds. Um, 
So certainly that would have played a played some influence in the design of the deck. And Pamela Coleman Smith, her Pamela Coleman Smith, the artist of the RWS herself, converted to to Catholicism later on in life. So there's really it's really amusing when people think of like the tarot was like demonic or evil when in fact it's 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 a really fascinating articulation of christian ideas and christian beliefs and um it's a very challenging articulation of christian beliefs and and ideas and 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 symbology yeah and that's really interesting that you said that because i you know i i'm I'm still, I mean, I'm still a big fan of all the kind of old Celtic liturgies and, you know, I was in Church of England's church and, you know, I love the contemplative prayer. I love silent Mm -hmm. prayer. Mm -hmm. I love Taze. I love love all those things. I still love them, you know. And, 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 yeah, I mean, now you've talked about that. That's really interesting that, you know, that I would move, that probably made my move to, explore tarot more easy because uh now now thinking about that that connection it makes sense someone who is into a lot of liturgical things would be naturally gravitating would naturally gravitate towards tarot and find it relatively i mean i didn't find it a challenging step when i when i did kind of explore it for the first time and had readings for the first time um so that's probably why and that's really interesting i I mean something i'd not heard before but it makes a lot of sense yeah, I mean, you, know, you 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 talk about Teze, contemplative prayer, like uh, uh, the Celtic liturgies. That that to me is the best part of Christianity. It's yeah, it's the part that really puts me in touch with with the universe, with the Creator, with God, the Spirit, with with Christ. It 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 just really resonates with me in a way that, and I've been to various churches, Protestant and and, and etc. and you know, I mean, I, I'm sure that for a lot of people, those are very, those are very powerful, very special, very important. But for me personally, yeah, like uh, I found that that really resonated with me, and that it really helped to to instill and encourage in me that sense of of exploring your inner space. Which to go back to the to the topic of 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 of, of being. Oh, of being <laughs> sorry stuttering's getting the better of me um like like when someone just when someone realizes that they're not straight when they're possibly bi when they're gay i mean you know heart stopper is a great example of this um it challenges you to look inward it challenges you to question all the things that you thought were true about yourself which are probably things fed into you by parents, community, church, teachers, whoever. You know, you 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 you've put you've built all of these structures up, and you feel safety in them. And then all of a sudden, you find a guy, and you just fall head over heels in love with them. Or, and then you're like, "Wow, I have to basically question everything about myself." And it's that kind of journey that I think really speaks to that. Uh, and, and, and I think the tarot really speaks so powerfully to, to that journey. Um, you know, the fool's journey in the major arcana, for example, being, being a big part of that. And, and all of the, 
the journeys we see in the minor arcana as well. Um, and to me, that that's why I I, I think that 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 the queer experience in tarot fits so well. And I think it's you know you really touch on uh, the interesting point that a lot of tarot folk out there are are queer or or or, or very not non normative uh, because. Um, the tarot asks you, it challenges you, it encourages you to look inward and to look to, uh, you know, if you don't mind, if you don't mind, mind like the, the woo-woo <laughs> kind of detour, but like it, it encourages you to, to communicate to spirit, to whatever is out there in a way that is not, I kind of want to say tainted by capitalistic, excessively grossly patriarchal imperialist structures like the church, like patriarchal society, like compulsory sexuality that want to impose labels and limits on who you are and what you can be. And that's why I find that that the tarot is so powerful in that. I think one book that really helped me with that was reading Reading Cassandra Snow's book um, 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 "Queering the Tarot," uh, which was released in I think 2019, 2018, uh, and it was a great book, and it really inspired me to write the book I'm 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 working on now, um, because the, the tarot. I mean, a lot of people read into t- the tarot a lot of compulsory, compulsory sexual connotations. Um, the lovers is a good example of that. The two of cups. People, uh, the Four of Wands. Uh, what else? Uh, the Ten of Cups. Like people think, or or the Three of Swords. People think about, oh, like like sexual relationships. Am I going to find a new partner? Am I going to find a hookup? Am I going to do this and that? And I don't know. I it, I I I think that the tarot can can speak not just to the experiences of people who are allosexual, but I think it it can also speak very very deeply to to the to the experiences of people who are ace and arrow. Um, I think the lovers is a good example of that. It's a card that that's often associated with like sexual love and, oh, you're going to find a new boyfriend and you're going to have a hot night. Um, when in fact, if you like trace the history of it back to decks like, 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 like the tarot de Marseille, 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 um, uh, the Lovers is actually a card about about uh, about choices. It's a card about decisions, which really changes the narrative substantially. If you're an ace person and and that card comes up in a reading, then it says you know you have a choice. You you can you can go with what with what you with with your passions. You can go with what you. You really like want to passionate, passionately go for like maybe you're passionate about 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 asexual asexual issues. So maybe you want to do a, a full like degree in like sexuality studies or sociology. Maybe you want to be like 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 Kenton Weiner. Uh, Canton sent done a huge amount of work studying ace experiences and linking them back to uh, experiences in the wider queer community. Or maybe you want to do something else. Maybe, maybe logically, you want to focus on 
on on developing your your community, your relationships, your friendships. Maybe you want to work on yourself more. Um, maybe you know, I, I could go on, but that's you know one example of how that card can can really resonate, can really add a lot to the conversation about about about, about, about being ace. And it's not just a card about you know sex or love. <laughs> Mm. I love that. I love that. I, yeah, it's really fascinating to hear some of the history behind some of these cards because, you know, somebody certainly for me coming into tarot and not being a practitioner, but it, it's it's fascinating to hear, you know, the real history and the real stories behind it and how often, you know, it's easy to westernize some of the meanings of these these cards, right? And like you know, like like you say, like the lovers. Oh, that's that. I mean, they're going to meet someone. I mean, they're going to have a lot of sex. It means they're going to have a great relationship, whatever. Like that's how we try to kind of fit it into our into Western perceptions of what normal is or what the world is. But actually, there's a lot more to it, um, and yeah. and that's really fascinating. And that means it can be more accessible for everyone. Um, and um, that's a really beautiful thing. Uh, yeah. Um, so. Um, so what? So how is how is this kind of how does how do these intersections manifest themselves in your in your kind of day to day life? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I think in my day to day life, I'm I'm just someone who's just caught up in their head a lot, and so I feel like every day I'm just thinking about. I'm just thinking about things. I'm, I'm thinking about how I present to the world being racialized, how I present to the world being a non-normative male. Um, uh, in online spaces, like how do I present as someone who identifies as 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 disabled? And in communities, like as a as as a as a BIPOC person. Um, as a racialized person, like how does, you know, like, like when I'm, um, I don't do it so much now because I'm trying to be as COVID careful as, as I can, but when I'm going into a new queer community or a new, or a new, new queer space, for example, I mean, all these like alarm bells go off, all of these like anxieties, like rise to, to, to the surface. And I think like, am I queer enough to be in here? Do I belong here? Like I notice everyone else here is white. But I'm not like, it, like, uh, <laughs> like okay. Like, I mean that that you know I I feel nervous because of that, and then I, I open my mouth, and then everyone's gonna know that I'm not that 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 there's something wrong, heavy air quotes wrong with me. Uh, that's another layer. <laughs> um, so I, you know I I it's it's part of that sort of like I really don't know what to call it. Like hypervigilance is it? maybe just anxiety of navigating of, of navigating the world as someone who's not white, who's not fully able-bodied. Um, I, I, I published an, an essay in Carte Blanche magazine um, in, in June. And it really spoke to that experience where it's like, am I really disabled? Like, can I say that? I mean, I'm not using a, a wheelchair or a mobility device. I'm not blind. I'm not deaf. But uh, you know, half the half the time, half 
the day, I cannot say anything. I cannot form the words. Asking a bus driver for directions, forget it. Like going to the bank, you know, buying groceries, I, I just can't do it. Just, just anything that requires speaking is almost impossible for me. And because stuttering is such an uh, is such a, a, a an ephemeral condition in that, like one day you can be totally fluent, one day you're not. There is a kind of it. It sort of does my head in sometimes. So much so that I didn't even, I for the longest time, I didn't even want to think about that that question because it just was too much for me to think about. Um, and that also kind of intersects with with being ace because I, you know, we 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 live in such a hypersexualized world. We live in a world where where everyone just assumes you're either fucking or you're not. And if you're not fucking, well, what's wrong with you? You mean you, you're probably like some like you're either an incel or like a, a socially stunted virgin type. I don't know. Um, and then you know there, there's race on top of that because uh, especially for black people, because black people, especially black men, well, black men, black women in their own ways have been hypersexualized by 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 society. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think for, for me, that's how those intersections manifest. I, I, I find myself just, just always thinking about them. And I find myself even afraid of how those manifestations might affect me when I'm out in the world trying to live my life and trying to connect with, with other people. If I, if, I, if I wasn't with my partner now, I would have no idea what to do with myself. <laughs> I, I I feel like like dating, like forget it. I, I can't even I can't even imagine that. I know. Like, yeah. Dating, oh my! I, I can't I can't think about uh, I think about 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 how Elle has talked about her how uh, I've talked about their experience with dating apps on 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 social media. And I can't even I can't even. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I can't imagine going back out there again. I um, never want to do that again. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing all of that. Really great. Um, it's so great to to, to hear from you. Uh, oh, uh, just, you. It's uh, it's been fantastic. I mean, just to kind of, I guess, to close out, what what's the biggest lesson that you've learned on your journey that you'd like others to to know? Oh wow. I would say that that the biggest lesson is just to be open. Well, no, no, actually, I would say the biggest lesson is to be kind to yourself. Just be kind to yourself. I, I, I feel like I lost a lot of time because I was beating myself up over not knowing this or mentally self-flagellating myself over not knowing that or not communicating in the right way or not doing this or not doing that. And we are only human and we're all trying, we're all on a, on a collective journey together, trying to be, trying to be better today than we were yesterday. And tomorrow morning we'll we'll wake up, we'll we'll, we'll wake up and think, how are we going to be better people? How am I going to be better? How am I going to show up? Um, And there are many times where we aren't or we don't. 
And that's just a part of living. It's part of life. And I mean, at the risk of, at the risk of sounding cliche, like we just have to be good to, to ourselves. And if we're good to ourselves, we can be good to other people. And that helps us to be more empathetic, more, um, more empathic, more, more open to other people's experiences. And through that, that's how we are open ourselves to change, how we're open to, to evolving in how we see ourselves in terms of gender, in terms of, of sexuality, in terms of religion. Uh, so yeah, to kind of round it all, to kind of <laughs> wrap it all up in a bow, uh, be kind to yourself. <laughs> Please, I'm begging you, be be kind to yourself because you are you are beautiful, wonderful people out there. And it, there's so much darkness out there already. Um, if you can find any way to nurture the light inside yourself, you know, please, please do that. Awesome. I love that so much. Thank you. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, thank you, uh, Justin. Um, and how can people find, connect with you and, and your writing? Yeah. Um, so on Twitter and Instagram, I am Rampancy, R-A-M-P-A-N-C-Y. Um, it's a reference to uh, Bungie Software's marathon games from like the, <laughs> from like the, the, the 90s, if anyone knows those. Um, and uh, my Medium page which I am going to try to bring up. Um, well, do you have show notes? I do. Yeah. So um, I think it's like medium.com slash jnchetta25. Uh, but I will give you the link to my, to, to my writing uh, there. And there you can read all of the posts I have up for the – Asexuality it, 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 and the Tarot series. I just finished uh, doing to, doing the pages because um, I, I, I I'm not, I'm now on the court cards, and then in the next few weeks I'll put up my post on on the queens, the Queen of Swords, Queen of Pentacles, Queen of Cups, and the Queen of Wands, and um, yeah, um, I'll, I, I I'm also hoping to do a, a, a review. Of Michelle Kirinskaya's Ace um, Ace Notes, I'm actually in that. I'm in the back in one of the interviewee sections, um, and yeah, I, I really want to do more writing on my medium po- on, 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 on my medium blog, uh, touching on um, uh, touching on um, queer issues and ace issues, as I always have been on on Twitter. Fantastic, great. Go and check those out. I really encourage everyone to do that uh, and give uh, Justin a follow uh, on Twitter yeah. as well. I'm sure we'll have you back on the show sometime. I'd love to have you back. Yeah. So, uh, especially I, when your book comes out. When your book, when your book's ready, we'll get you back and talk about it for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want, if you, uh, if you, if you, if you, um, if you want, you know, folks to talk about, about more ACE stuff, uh, if you want folks to talk about um, more about tarot, uh, I have a lot to say about 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 about, about queer issues and online discourse, the intersection of asexuality of que- the asex the intersections of queerness and 
and it, it, disability and race. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have you back probably more than once, I hope. So uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show, Justin. Thanks and, a lot. Uh, and thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Take care. See you.